1: Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, December 30th, the best of 2021 edition. It's become a Mom and Dad are Fighting tradition to wrap up the year by listening back on some of our very favorite plus segments. It's the part of the show where we essentially get to talk about whatever we want, and it's always a lot of fun. We get into arguments, we play games, and occasionally we're regaled with fails by other parents in the Slate sphere. If you're already a Plus listener, first of all, thank you. Your support truly does make the show possible. Consider the show a reminder of all the stuff you loved best during 2021. And hey, if you're not a Plus listener and you like what you hear, you should consider signing up for Slate Plus. I'm going to be absolutely shameless and say you maybe just bought a bunch of gifts for your kid during December. Why not give yourself a reward? A kid-free audio oasis. Slate Plus is only $1 for the first month and members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast. You'll also get free and total access to Slate's website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. Okay, shameless plug done. I hope you enjoy the show. We are joined by Holly Allen. Anyone who has visited Slate's site has seen Holly's work. She's a designer extraordinaire and unfortunately recently saw something she'd probably like to wipe from her visual memory. So Holly, will you tell us your
2: story? (laughs) Okay. Yes. So I started listening to and watching an Instagram person who is a housekeeper her name is Vanessa Amaro, and she has the best tips, especially after all being home in quarantine. You know, our house is starting to look a little bit nasty.
3: Holly's house is beautiful and, and pristine yeah. and as well-designed as you would expect a designer's house to be, of course.
2: Yay! So, long story short, she, she gives amazing tips about everything. And one day, her tip was that every parent of a boy should own a blacklight. light. Oh. In order to clean their bathroom. Oh my God, this is,
4: oh. <laughs>
2: <enough>. So I'm <laughs> no. <bought
5: one. laughs> no.
2: And it arrived last Tuesday. And out of curiosity, I just popped into our powder room, which is like right to the right of my office. Turned out the lights and turned on the black light. And y'all, I was just mortified.
3: Uh, We're going to post the photo on the show page. Oh, my God. It was like CSI. Oh, my God.
2: It looked like CSI. (laughs) You're right. And it not only was like down around the toilet bowl, it was like higher than my head. And I'm like, what What is going on in there? And that is our powder room, not even the boys' dedicated bathroom. I I don't even want to tell you what was in there.
3: Is it like their names written <laughs> in oh
6: cursive?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> but that would be amazing. So, okay, I will. I'll tell you. So up in their bathroom, they just have like, you know, typical tile floor. They have a bathtub with a shower curtain, which must be washed way more often than I ever thought necessary. <laughs> and I, I also need to tell you, like Clorox wipes did not touch oh. this. Like I have been in the bathroom with the lights out and all the cleaning things and it ended up being something called Dawn Power Wash that it's like Dawn Blue Dish mm-hmm. Detergent, but it comes in like this very forceful uh-huh. trigger. You squirt it on the walls and then use like a scrubby brush. And in Colorado, where I live, all of the walls are textured, which makes it oh. even worse. Um, but I always have prided myself on having a clean home. And ugh, it's it was just it was too much. Holly, I might not make it.
3: Elizabeth <laughs> looks like she's <laughs> having a heart much. attack
1: i'm i i mean listen i like knew, i mean I knew that this was in my future but this like i'm gonna have to get a black light because i'm obsessive like that and then I know I don't want like your description I don't want to get a black light right but I guess when i order the black light i just need to order the dawn power wash. yes and
2: like a i use like a Norwex scrubby that has like the yeah little, yeah i got the norweg yes yeah um that's the best so far but still it's still there still there so are you like checking now regularly I mean <laughs> I have the little it's just like a little flashlight um, yeah oh and... I actually we have one of those yes it oh was like God. six bucks and I can't decide <laughs> yeah. if it was the best six dollars or the worst six dollars I've ever spent
1: well we use ours to see you know like messages you write in lemon juice and stuff <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah it's all fun and games <laughs> now be a
3: Different.
2: A different kind of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should do something like that that says "clean the bathroom."
3: <laughs> Guys, good news! Some ghosts stopped by and they had a message for you.
2: Did you show your voices?
5: Yeah, that's the question I was going to ask.
2: Yes, I did show them, and they thought it was cool, yeah. not disgusting. So,
3: I, uh, Holly, and Elizabeth, when you inevitably start doing this, I think you gotta put yourself on like a limited schedule of black light. I think you got to use the black light and then hide it somewhere for a month. And, you know, Jeff and Tripper can be like, "Okay, honey, you can have the black light back now for (laughs) one hour and then you can have it. But then you got to hide it again, because I think otherwise you're going to it's going to you're going to be like you're going to go insane. You're going to be like people with on meth who like think that they have bugs all over them all the time.
2: I did feel kind of itchy after the whole situation. Yeah.
5: Okay. So, all right. I have, I have some establishing questions. What, what, what? I guess that's my first question is what? And then a follow-up question. So wait, like you're saying that people are peeing like in the air or what? You know, I've
2: thought about this a lot and I'm wondering.
5: What is happening?
2: Like, I definitely can understand like. Around the bowl, on the floor, even, like, the wall next sure. to the a little splashback. Right. But I'm wondering if it's, a little um, you know, if you don't close the lid before you flush, if there's, like, aerosols that go up into the air. Like, I cannot understand how uh-huh. there could be white dots with a black light, like, higher than my head. Like, what are they doing? I think
3: you're there? just really underestimating the ability of boys to just be mischievous disasters. Like... They have this thing that's just on their body that does this incredible thing. Why would you not yeah. just like see what you can do with it?
2: <laughs> the other thought I had is that they are twelve. I have twin twelve-year-olds, and they bring their oh. phone and their iPad in the bathroom with them now. So I'm wondering if they're just not paying attention. Elizabeth just made this horrible do the face.
1: Oh, you I mean, are you did you blacklight? Did black you light blacklight on the, phone. the phone? That's now I'm like, oh my god, blacklight not. all the things.
2: Oh No, I
5: have not. (laughs) All right. Is there an ethical slash invasion of privacy element to this? Once we start talking about... Am I the only person who... No, I agree. If that's the case. If we talk about blacklighting the phone now, are we getting into
3: uh, invasive territory? I wonder
5: if anyone feels that
3: way.
1: I just want them to have clean things. I don't care if I know about it.
3: Let these boys (laughs) wield their wands in peace, for goodness sakes. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's not right.
5: I don't co-sign that.
1: <laughs> it's like now I'm really stuck though, because remember my issue was that they were they were going they were peeing outside all the time. Like maybe I should just encourage that just go full force, forget the bathroom,
2: just <laughs> keep everything.
1: Then I have always, this vision yes, of you the in
3: the backyard with a black light two years from now, I'll be like, oh god, <laughs> animals are peeing here.
5: <laughs> so chances are, what's happening? I didn't know you had twin twelve year olds. Chances are, what's happening is. On board days, at some point, things got goofier and goofier until a peeing competition. Oh my gosh. Which doesn't. (laughs) I'm just, look, I'm just the messenger, okay? (laughs) You know, and it was like, oh, I bet you I can blah, 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 and I can pee on the thing and what? Oh, watch this. You know, I mean, like, and Dan's right. That is, if you're 12, you know, or nine or eight or 11, anywhere in that range, and you have another 12 year old or 11 year old boy right there. With you, there's a pretty good chance that something like that is going to happen at some point. That you're going to be like, dude, watch this, and someone's going to pee on something because <laughs> that's the way. I mean, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
5: We're just truth we we tellers. Does ourselves.
2: not happen with girls. <laughs> I'm
5: so
1: sorry,
3: <laughs> Holly. <laughs>
1: I'm thinking though that the solution is that you and I now no longer have to clean bathrooms. Wouldn't
2: that be so nice?
3: But
5: it,
2: or <laughs> that should absolutely <laughs> we could just, we be, could the just case. be the bathroom checker. Like I'm coming in with the blacklight. It, <laughs> You're not done yes. until there's there no spots. That's yeah. right. That's right. This is, this is our,
1: we'll get our once a month blacklight check. I <laughs> now I have, have this
3: vision of, of your kids like talking to their therapist at age 28 being like, then my mom put me in the bathroom, closed the door and turned off the light and said I couldn't come out until she didn't see anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, my
2: children would then use that to write things on the wall. Like this would, I would have just showed them how to do I'm totally, totally not going to let them listen to this because I don't (laughs) want them to have any ideas.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, I really enjoyed this nightmare fuel. Thank you, Holly.
2: (laughs) You're welcome.
3: What a delight for a dad of girls.
1: Well, thanks, Holly. This was um, horrifying and also enlightening. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, Rosie, I am in the boys' bathroom, and I have my black light. Here I go. Let's see. Okay. So actually, okay, the toilet seat is actually pretty clean. I think because I have these, like, Lysol wipes, and I've asked them to clean. But, okay, the floor, the floor, there, there's... There's a lot. There's a lot on the floor. Oh my god. Okay. And now here we go. The the baseboards. Oh my god. Yeah, I have like a splatter ring. Oh. Okay. I'm at shoulder height now. And uh, nothing beside. Oh no. Here's one. Hip height beside the toilet. I oh, think this is disgusting. Right now, I am ordering the the dawn stuff. But this, there's definitely a lot of evidence of urine all over the floor. All right, gross.
7: Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized.
1: We have brought back our beloved former mom and daughter fighting co-host Gabe Roth, and he's going to be venting about a movie that his kids and probably thousands, if not millions, of others have come across on Netflix. Welcome back, Gabe.
4: Hey, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Woo! So uh, it's Gabe. How about that coronavirus? Huh? Wow. <laughs>
1: So we are hoping that you'll tell us a bit about the notion that has swept through the Roth household.
4: Sure. So I don't know if any of your kids have seen this movie. This is a movie that's a Netflix original movie. It was the number one movie on Netflix a couple weeks ago, and it's called Yes Day. Uh, have any of you guys seen this movie? No, no, no no day.
1: But we, I mean, we have the book.
4: It's based on a book. I had no well, idea.
1: I don't. No, because this is like a little kid's tame version.
3: (laughs) My guess is the book and the movie are based on the same pervasive pop cultural concept.
4: It was not pervasive enough for me to have known about it until my kids watched this movie. I should be really clear. I have not seen the movie yesterday. The movie was probably made by talented and creative people who were doing their best to make a good movie. So I, I feel bad about like coming out to be like this movie has had a deleterious effect on my household without having watched the movie. It absolutely has had a deleterious effect on, <laughs> on my household. The premise of a yes. Yes day for anyone who doesn't understand a yes day is that parents are always in the position of saying no to their kids. The kid wants more ice cream. The parent says no. You can't have more ice cream. Just replicate that at smaller and larger scales across the kid's entire childhood, and it, it becomes quite wearing on the kid, and it's wearing on the parent too. None of us like. It's not my favorite part of parenting to be constantly saying no. You, my beloved child, cannot do or have the thing that you would like to do or have. Speak for yourself, buddy. (laughs) the premise of the movie is what if your family decides i think i'm like inferring this from like looking at the like (laughs) netflix title card and then like what my kids have said but my, my understanding is that the premise of the movie is that what if there's like one day when your kids get to do all the things and the parents have to say yes and then there's some kind of ground rule where like the kids are not allowed to do anything that might bring harm to themselves or others or something like that but other than that then the kids are allowed to ask for things and the parents have to say yes so my kids watched this during part of their what is now just unlimited screen time on one of the millions of streaming services that we pay for them to have access to on every possible screen in the house. It's not so much that they liked the movie. They liked High School Musical 2. They thought yesterday was an idea. The seed of revolution. Yeah. Yes, that's right. It's not a movie, it's an ideology. And mm-hmm. So they came out of the experience of watching the movie and immediately the first the first thing was can we have a yes day what a trap what a trap of a question (laughs) and then when is our yes day going to be (laughs) i I, I don't know when our yes day is going to be i'm still catching up with this concept of like what is a yes day in the first place then they're listing the things that they want to do on the yes day and will those things be okay for instance like in the movie. One of the things the kids apparently make their parents do is they all put on white clothes and then have a water balloon fight with the water balloons filled with Kool-Aid so that everybody gets colors all over their clothes. <laughs> and the thing that, of course, like, oh, mom and dad are always worried that we're going to mess up all the clothes and now we get to mess up all – like, just – What a hassle is my main thought. Like, it's Uh not so much about permission. It's a lot of work. Yes. Like, I have to get white clothes for everyone in the household, (laughs) and then I have to get, like, Kool-Aid. And how do you get the Kool-Aid into the water balloons? Like, I haven't seen Yesterday the movie again, so I don't know how thoroughly it addresses the logistics of having a water balloon fight with Kool-Aid-filled water balloons while wearing white clothes. Do you fill
3: the water balloon with water and then put a teaspoon of Kool-Aid mix into each balloon and then shake it?
0: That would probably be much easier than trying to premix it.
4: Huh. You solve and it and then put it in with a funnel.
0: Yesterday, twenty twenty one is saved. <laughs> Thanks, Dan.
4: But so, like the premise of yesterday, like it's as though this gets to be like everybody gets to relax. The parents can finally relax and stop saying no, and everybody gets to just say yes, and it'll be so much easier. Wouldn't it be great if just for one day we all made it easier on ourselves and said yes instead of no? It's not easier for me to go out and get four white outfits and then fill up water balloons with Kool-Aid. That's me saying yes to like a whole bunch of extra labor. And the other thing that I want to point out is if this came during a normal Period. Then, you know, you could see, OK, they want to have more autonomy. They want to make more choices. Fine. I get it. The thing about this year is that in a way it's been a massive yes day in that there's been all of this <laughs> yes! stuff that we've been saying yes. Like, we got a Nintendo Switch. We got all the streaming. So we're paying for Disney+. Plus. We're just like all the shit that we would have said no to. Video games on their phone. We're now saying yes to a million things. And the reason we're saying yes to those things is because we and the universe is saying no to all of these much more valuable things that they would like to have, like being able to just like play with their friends in a normal way and like go to school on site instead of on Zoom. Like it's been a year of saying yes to stupid shit because the really important shit we have to say no to because of the coronavirus pandemic. And until that's over, like a yes day is just going to be more of that same thing. Like, I can't say yes right. to, like, yeah, we're going to have all your friends over for a party and it's going to be fun. I can't say that yet. At some point when I can say that, I will, you, we don't need to have a day. I will be yeah. so excited. Any day is yes. yes day for that particular request. Right. Once but, the time is right. But saying like, and we get to like get a huge barrel of ice cream and you all get to eat just as much ice cream as you want, even though you've like had so much more ice cream this past year than you've had in your entire lives beforehand.
0: <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, yeah. The people at the ice cream shop don't even know I have a shop. <laughs> 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 but they know me.
4: <laughs> in a way, you've been having your own yesterday, Jamila. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> It has it not been yesterday for you too, though? It, okay, for the rest of it's guys? been
4: the same kind of yesterday. Yes day. It's been a a, a yes, yes day as a sort of. False compromise in exchange for the massive no that the universe has served up to every one of us. And yes. a- any other time in, in the world, maybe Yes Day is a good idea. Somehow this movie contains, like, research. Like, my kids were like, 97% of families that do a Yes Day <laughs> says that their kids are better behaved after the Yes day. How? Why are you quoting, like, bullshit scientific statistics <laughs> to me from a... From a made-for-Netflix movie. It was made by, like, I don't know, the like ice cream industrial complex? (laughs) I don't know what it was.
3: I would just like to uh, tell everyone that this movie was directed by Miguel Arteta, a great indie director from the late 90s, who's responsible for a number of very good movies, and now is finally going to get a vacation house.
4: Well, I'm glad Miguel Arteta gets to have his own yes day, as it were uh but i myself i'm not having one
3: you're absolutely right about the way that yesterday as a concept does not make everything easier and it's and it's um it seems really notable that it's like being conveyed via the big lie of the hollywood machine in which of course for jennifer garner star of yesterday yesterday is easy because there were 25 underpaid production assistants filling water balloons with Kool-Aid on set, and she just had to show up and, like, have a great time, It does not resemble in any way the actual experience of parenting uh, or what a real yes-day would be like for any of us.
4: Well, I will say, the one part of the movie that I happened to, like, be present in the living room for is right at the end of the movie when they're, like, on a Ferris wheel at at nighttime or something for their, like, final yes-day experience, and the husband and wife are saying to one another is it crazy that I'm wondering when we're going to do Yes Day next year? <laughs> and oh, you, you get God. the very clear sense that the husband and wife are going to go home and have their own little Yes Day, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. The
1: book is A Smile Child, and the child's request does ask for ice cream, but they're like, I'd really love to eat outside today. Like, The passage is <laughs> so much more wholesome because it, it is like one of our, our – Favorite little books to read because this little kid is in charge of the day, right? Um, And it does end with like, I wonder when yes day will be next year because in in the book, the parents like the kid wakes up and they're like, it's yes day. Like the kid doesn't know. But it is not the like absurdity (laughs) that the again, I have only seen the trailer to the to the movie. Like suggest, like it is just a much more wholesome. Like this child's requests are basically like, I want to spend more time with you, the parent.
3: Uh, the uh, very idea that my children want to spend more time with me, yeah, or
4: eat outside. We're constantly trying right. to get our kids to eat <laughs> the outside. Only place they we don't. Can't eat. <laughs> no, they don't want to do that shit. They just want to watch more television.
0: Right. So I'm curious to know what would be the worst yes day requests in you all's houses if you granted your kids a yes day.
3: I think in our house, it literally would just be great. We want unlimited screen time instead of our supposed screen time limits that you don't actually monitor and never pay <laughs> attention to anymore. And that would be it. I don't think they would ask for anything else. What it would actually happen is that Harper would expect that Lyra would apply yes day to her and would then ask her to do things <laughs> with her and it would be bitterly disappointed. <laughs> when Lyra was like, my yes day is that I don't have to
4: do anything with you. <laughs>
1: Harper's yes day is that Lyra has to say yes to everything.
4: Right, right. you got to have two completely different yes days. you got to make a trade.
1: In fact, Dan, you don't even need to be involved. It can just be sister yes day.
3: (laughs) What a gift to one sister that would be. And what torture for the other.
1: I mean, the one thing, they always want to be the adults. And we did give in once, like, okay, at bedtime, you're the adults. Dad and I are going to bed. And it was like... Fun and funny, but it was an enormous amount of work for us because they just totally, you know what? They trashed the kitchen and the, and the family room and then eventually passed out. So, I mean, it was. I feel like they thought that was this like amazing experience It taught them zero lessons, because we were like, okay, the adults, when you go to bed, take care of all this stuff, and they were like, well, we don't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I feel like they would be like, okay, we're in charge. And I, Teddy 100% would ask to drive the car, 1,000%, oh, yeah. because he asks yeah.
0: every time.
3: Jamila, what would Naima's perfect yes day moment be?
0: I would probably end up playing Barbie dolls with her until my eyes bleed. <laughs> Like, she, there's no limit to the amount of time that she can stay in Barbie world. In fact, when we're deep in it, say we had a good Barbie session last night. The next morning, while we're getting ready for school, she's talking through, she, like, when we're doing recaps, like, girl, can you believe Tyrone and Tisha had that argument? That was crazy. You know, like, we created this argument, Naima. That was actually me. You, You forced me. Because 75% of Barbie play is just me performing for her like an old radio show. um, And her just sitting there and like not really looking, but like wrapped somehow. And so I I think that that would be it. I think that I would become, um, my SAG card would come in the mail uh, by noon because I would be forced to perform Barbie theater on an endless loop.
4: Yeah, with, with my kids, like with Leo, who's now six it would be like, I just want to eat junk food and watch TV all day. And then with Eliza, who is 10, it would be, I want an elaborate treasure hunt made up of customized fantasy puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you you have to contract with will shorts or some team of puzzle makers from MIT to build me a magical fairyland that ends in a tall tower with a library inside or something like that like there's literally no like she would not request anything that that was in any way practically achievable
3: here's the only good thing about yesterday as far as i'm concerned as a concept is that it clarifies for children the truth the the glorious truth that every other day is no day
0: <laughs> yes
3: which i find one of the most pleasurable parts of parenting i love saying no to my children do you yes
0: we're at this point where every no gets a reaction And the reaction sometimes prevents me from saying no when I ought to. You
3: just really got to learn to enjoy their plaintive wails of protest.
4: I just want to say, since I'm only back this one time and it's Slate Plus, I have to say something incredibly pretentious. So I just want to point out (laughs) that, that Dan's point is very much like Bakhtin's point about carnival, right? The point of carnival is that there's a day when the ordinary structures and order of society is overturned, and that only serves to reinforce the function of order and society on every other day. And so yesterday is like a Bakhtinian carnival day that's ultimately hegemonic in its intent.
3: Or as my mom said, paraphrasing Bakhtin, every day
4: is Children's Day, Daniel. Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. Gabe, that was everything our subscribers wanted
4: out of this experience. (laughs) I knew. Thank you. I knew I couldn't leave them without a reference to Bakhtin. (laughs) Thank you deeply for that.
0: This is what they pay for. That's right.
3: Hello, Slate Plus listeners. We really appreciate all you do for us and for Slate.com. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening to our bonus segments where we unveil really our best and stupidest ideas. And this one's definitely in that spirit. We are throwing it back to Schoolhouse Rock, which is all over Disney Plus. My kids have seen it there. I think Elizabeth's kids have seen it there. Um, But you know what? A lot of those episodes, while being about timeless civics issues, are nonetheless a little bit dated. So I really wanted to know what is it about life in 2021 that we think schoolhouse rock should do brand new songs all about, but let's start. I just want to know, do you guys have a favorite classic schoolhouse rock song?
0: Mine is definitely Conjunction Junction. I feel like that's the easy answer, but I also didn't grow up with Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, so it's something that I kind of experienced in little spurts. Um, I also didn't know until recently that it's taken on this new life. But yes, I always loved Conjunction Junction.
1: I also had listed Conjunction Junction because that's the one that like sticks in your head so well. But I also um, really like the suffering to suffrage one with the Wonder Woman lady. And she's mm-hmm. like talking about women having to fight for their rights. I thought that was uh, always fun i remember liking that one and i also really had in my mind that i liked um three is a magic number but when i went back to (laughs) watch it with the kids they were less like they were like this is slow what is (laughs) why are we watching this one they they like some of the more um like i'm just a bill and things like that
3: i'm a big fan of the shot heard around the world Uh, A great lesson in the American Revolution from the standpoint of 1976, much less solid historical footing if you look at it from (laughs) from contemporary perspectives, but it's the only Schoolhouse Junction song that has an incredible cover by Ween um, on the classic... 1990s indie rock album, Schoolhouse Rock Rocks, on which various beloved alt-rock bands like Folk Implosion and Better Than Ezra and also, weirdly, Skilo cover Schoolhouse Rock songs. If you shopped for used CDs in the 1990s, you always saw at least seven copies of this <laughs> sitting in the bin, because it's not actually that satisfying of an album. But the ween cover of uh, The Shot Her Around the World is, in fact, very good. It might be uh ween heads will yell at me about this but it might be the best ween song. Um all right but so the question is here in 2021 what is it that uh we wish schoolhouse rock would address. I'm going to start out uh by saying that it seems to me that the most important civics lesson that schoolhouse rock could deliver in 2021 is about gerrymandering, <laughs> right? Like there should be a catchy gerrymandering song. Maybe that it even like features like a fun-loving racist salamander named Jerry, and he talks about how he split, you know, split all the districts up in various states to make sure that all the rich white people are in one district and that all the black people are in another district. Um, and I feel like that would be like a great lesson for kids. So I'd be all for a gerrymandering song, uh, Elizabeth. What's one you'd love to see?
1: I- see one about vaccines (laughs) and just kind of general health knowledge that the, you know, vaccines are in fact not microchips going into us. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, they're well-researched scientific things that that help us fight disease as a community and and their overall usage as the community, because it seems like although, you know, specifically about covid, but even prior to covid, we were facing, uh, I think, a a larger picture that people don't really understand what vaccines are or how they work, even just in like how you get your flu shot and and things like that. So I think a a good community song about you know a uh, needle walking around, maybe in the right. maybe I'm, just, like, a I'm just a bill, yeah, shot. but I'm just a shot, and kind of here's here's yeah. the process yeah. of what happens, yeah.
3: Right. I'm not a chip and I won't give you autism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to work on the... The, the
1: like rhyming the is bit, I kind of thought it that it the guy sing. could say those things. Remember how when there was a whole lot to oh, back yeah, yeah. in, he would just take a pause and say a bunch of stuff. He could just be like, hey, by the
0: way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> by the way, I won't give your kids autism. Uh, Jamila, what about you?
0: There's so many topics, but one in particular that really stands out would be uh, misinformation. Uh, Fake news, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, fake news. I think you could do a whole Schoolhouse Rock series on media literacy. Um, But one specifically, uh, you know, a song about a song teaching kids how to recognize. Wait, what was the site (laughs) I saw the other day? WashingtonNewsPost.com? Um, as a credible source of information (laughs) Uh uh, that people were like having a passionate reaction to. So just how to how you can tell the difference between a legitimate news uh, source and fake news and also how you can tell the difference between um, opinion writing and reporting, because that's something that a lot of uh, people get a little tripped up by, too.
3: I think those are really good. I mean, they, I think all three of these are things that if there was a schoolhouse rock song, that would definitely be a net gain in our culture. I also wonder if there aren't some sort of just like modern manners or social, uh, you know, social mores issues that we that a schoolhouse rock of today could really help. like
0: Anxiety, you know.
3: Maybe? Uh, yeah. Or I was even thinking a little lighter than that. Like one on we could do one on like when like leaving people on rent. Oh. Or yeah. <laughs> um or, or like, uh, like or, yeah, ghosting, how to talk on the phone. Um, or like Godwin's Law, like don't be the don't be the person who brings up Hitler in the internet <laughs> chat. Um, or like, oh, you know what we need is one on tipping in restaurants. Uh, like there should be one about how you just always one. should tip in restaurants. It doesn't matter. It should be like a catchy tune that goes like start at 20, honey, and go up from there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but that seems like that'd be good. The
0: tipping one would be great. That is that that Mm -hmm. could be a cultural reset.
1: Uh, I was thinking internet trolling could also, you know, use a song, and it could just be something like, "Is this really something you need to share?"
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Sung by like a little troll under a bridge. Yeah.
1: um, Are you just here to make trouble? (laughs) Yes, I am.
0: that's good faith arguments online <gasps> be <a> yeah.
1: <laughs> that could fit into yours though jamila that is a that could be like a whole internet you know series
3: jamila who could do these modern 2021 schoolhouse rocks who would you nominate
0: i definitely have to go with the roots um they've <laughs> done, they've done some like so <laughs> they basically they're so good like they've done schoolhouse rock Inspired uh, clips for at least two episodes of Blackish, you know, where they explain mm-hmm. something from Black history with a cartoon, and you know, and they've got a lead singer or they have a lead vocalist who can rap and sing, you know, like and mm-hmm. and they play well with others. Obviously, they're great backing bands. So, like you could have the Roots be the house band for Schoolhouse Rock and bring in other vocalists.
3: And kids know them. Yeah, right? yeah. That, I, know I think them. would have that would have a great effect. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That I love. That's this. a great idea. I mean, obviously, I think they should just bring in Ween for everything <laughs> and see if they can. Uh, they can follow up on their success. Uh, there is one other issue I think is might be crucial for Schoolhouse Rocks. Um, it's very close to my heart, which is, of course, uh, pay artists for their work. Um, like maybe a little Schoolhouse Rocks song about how when you listen mm. to this Schoolhouse Rocks song on Spotify, the roots only get like 0.001 cents. And that really isn't that much money. You can like go through: is it a dollar? No. Is it a quarter? No. Is it a penny? It's not even a penny. But take your penny and cut it into 100 pieces, and that's how much we get when you stream the song on Spotify. I think that'd be really good. Plus, somewhere in there, you could also note that it's a generally understood, you know, social code that if your friend writes a book, you buy the book.
0: Right. That too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously.
0: That was a surprise twist at the end of that thought. <laughs>
3: Oh, I just, I didn't no reason. I just want to make sure everyone knows. That's just a thing you do. If your friend writes a book, you just buy the book, folks. It's just the way it goes. I bought it. I, oh, I believe you. That's why you're a true friend. All right. I hope that some public service minded company funds like, a, you know, seven or eight great short videos by the Roots Uh, about all these topics for Schoolhouse Rocks 2021. I would watch the hell out of these, uh, and I think a lot of kids would too. What a set of great ideas. Good job, guys. So we thought it would be great to talk about the songs that we have introduced to our kids over the years, intentionally or unintentionally, the songs that would make a soundtrack to our parenting. Uh, And I also want to talk about Why we choose the songs that we choose and what exactly it is we are trying to get our children to like and convey about our own taste by playing these songs for them. I want to start with the owner of Candy Girl herself, Jamila Lemieux. You have a lot of thoughts on this subject, I believe.
0: You know, I do. You don't see me come in too often with notes, but I have notes today. Uh, so, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So... Yes, Naima and I have this uh, strong connection to New Edition that I've talked about many times on the show and have shared a lot of pictures and videos over the years on social media. If you go to Twitter and search my name and New Edition, you are in for some good stuff. There are many videos of my daughter (laughs) singing and dancing um, to various New Edition and Bobby Brown and BBD songs we even got to meet them in 2017 and 2018. So I thought it started with, you know, me showing her the new edition story movie, the three night miniseries that uh, BET did in, in 2017. Much to my surprise and delight, she watches the movie and gets really into the music and the group and like completely becomes obsessed with them. You know, this is the year that she turned four. We had a new edition birthday party. You know, it, it she's going to be eight in a couple of weeks and like, Naima still randomly searches them on, you know, Google just to see what's up with them. And we listen to their music, you know, all the time. Like they're just a part of what she does. New edition is just part of her life. And so I thought maybe, you know, okay. It was just from the movie. Then I was like, well, no, you know, like they were really a hat, like that era of music not just this group in particular because they were out, you know a a bit ahead of my time, right? By the time I was Naima's age, they were solo acts of Bobby Brown and BBD and Johnny Gill. And
3: the old new edition was like a little bit passe, I think, by the time you were the right age. Definitely.
0: Yeah. But like those kind of solo acts represented some of my best childhood memories. Like I think of my local radio station and taping songs off the radio, which was something that I love to do. I think part of it is it is this thing that I'm connected to from my childhood, but also when I was pregnant with Naima, and I didn't realize this until, you know, well into the new edition of Phenomenon uh, in this household, the day after I found out I was pregnant with Naima, when she was but a mere decision to be made you know um i took a press trip to las vegas my first time in vegas ever and i was pregnant so i couldn't drink which was great um and i saw a new edition concert you know and that was the only concert that i went to i was pregnant with naima so there's that and that was the first time i'd seen new edition perform and i had naima in my tummy so she's literally that has been the soundtrack to my parenting uh since day one
3: I love that, that you wasted no time (laughs) making sure that that embryo got the full new edition experience and it has continued to this day. Elizabeth, what about you? What has been the soundtrack to your and Jeff's parenting?
1: I tend to use music to try to kind of control the chaos in the house. So I have a couple songs that I use to break the chaos of of particular moments. Um, The original one, which I equate much to, like, on the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon's Cooper, like, small kitty, little kitty. We use Baby Beluga (laughs) a lot for that. It seems like if I sing that song, if I put that song on, it just kind of brings everyone down. They will all join in singing kind of no matter what the situation is. Sometimes that ends with everyone back to screaming. But um, we kind of joke like in the car when they're all screaming, like Jeff I will start singing that. And it just kind of brings the, the mood down. But obviously, as they have gotten older, we've tried to replace that with some other songs and are like... Big song when we're going to do something new is the Sarah Bareilles "Brave" song, and we will just like to. I think kind of get everybody's like, put your big kid pants on. We're going to go do this. Or this is like a scary moment, like acknowledging that, which we have a lot of as we move around and do things. We have kind of like these little family dance parties or play it in the car to say like, this is kind of the next thing.
3: Sorry. I just love that you're using a song that is specifically for that's like that is the emotional (laughs) beat that song hits in the movie. (laughs) and you're just yeah. putting it right in their lives be like, like you yeah. too can be yes. brave.
1: Yes, it does kind of feel like the way I you that we use the music is a lot like hey, you're in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Here's the song that should be played. <laughs> we love this song by Jess Glenn called Hold My Hand and that is actually the song like when we want to get everyone kind of up in the morning. It begins with kind of these little um Tinging noise is almost kind of like an alarm clock, and and we use that usually like before big trips or before we're like all gathering to do school. Our school music um, now feels like it's been co opted because it we have always played Vitamin String Quartet, which is now like the soundtrack to um, Bridgerton. <laughs> And oh. so it's taken on whole new meaning. <laughs> but that's always what we've played, like, in the classroom. And particularly, the kids really love um, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. And the Vitamin String Quartet plays pop music using classical instruments. And it's really great, I think, especially when we're doing art or stuff in the class. It's like I get the kind of keeping things a little bit calmer than playing um, like full pop music or full orchestration, but we're still hearing things that they're hearing other places and it keeps them kind of engaged. Um, But the thing that has, I think taken is that I, like to introduce the kids to a lot of Broadway musicals. And after seeing Annie, the kids have taken to singing It's a Hard Knock Life anytime we ask them to do things. <laughs> Not and it, good. it feels like this little, like, tap on the back, like, ha you might be mad at me and protesting, but you also learned something. Perfect. But I love when it. You, when you first asked this question, too, I was trying to think of, like, if there was a soundtrack, you know, like, to... The New Camp Household, and I decided that it um, is between Rihanna's Madhouse and Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. So, um, (laughs) not songs we play
0: for them, but songs that I feel like would describe The New Camp Household.
3: That represent the home, (laughs) sure. I love
0: that. I think we should all answer that question. Real quick, I... I love when they're able to take something that they've got in a song and apply it practically like that. So Naima, another soundtrack to our household is Beyonce. Um, she she brought it in. She came in with the Beyonce love, and I was like, all right, cool. We can I can embrace that. Um, and so we play a lot of Beyonce in the car. And so a couple of years ago, my nephew, who's the same age as Naima, would not help her. She was carrying a couple of packages, and he wouldn't. You know, he didn't help her. And Naima looked at him and said trifling, good-for-nothing type of cousin. (laughs) (laughs) A la Destiny's Child, trifling, good-for-nothing type of brother. And it was just so perfect. Uh, And she was so serious, too. Like, she was not like, I got one. She just looked at him like, pure disgust. I loved it.
3: The amount of pride that I think we all feel when moments like that happen Maybe it reflects well on us. (laughs) Like It's definitely a moment of like, oh, in this very small way, I've accomplished this thing that I know I'm not supposed to want to accomplish, but which I secretly do, which is to just make a little bit of you like a tiny version of me. I know that that's not the goal, but when I see it, it still makes me really happy. Um, The soundtracks to our kids' very small childhood were mostly the songs that we played around the house that they would dance to, which were not usually kids music. Um, they were usually our songs and the music that we have played for them all along has mostly been our songs because we play music all the time. It's always playing in the house or we're always driving around and it was always playing in the car. And like the idea of just going all those hours and having to listen to kids music was, I guess, intolerable to me. Um, and so I just didn't do it, but so uh, there are three very particular videos we have of little Lyra or little Harper dancing to particular songs that I still associate with their like toddlerhoods, and it's "Is This Love" by Bob Marley mm-hmm. and "The Underdog" by Spoon and "Oh" by Slater Kinney, and all three of those videos I treasure, and all three of those videos have been taken down by YouTube because algorithms identified the music in them mm-hmm. and declared them as copyright violations. <laughs> So the videos don't exist anymore, oh. very upsettingly. And each time that happened, I was like, fuck, well, that's another memory just out the window, thanks to the algorithm. There is a very particular stereotype of uh, of white dads with beards um, that we are desperate to make sure that our kids have hipster musical taste. And it's been very interesting watching my kids' taste in music evolve over the years Into their own, which includes certain things that I introduced them to and I still love. And then includes other things that they discovered all on their own or have introduced back to us. And so the playlist in the Smith-Coyce household these days is a real mix of stuff that I love that I've played with them forever. Musicals that Ali has loved forever that she's played for them. And then stuff that they've discovered on YouTube or on the radio or from friends that we have never heard before that they are bringing into the mix. Lyra has this song that she just absolutely can't get enough of that she plays for us in the car um, by a band, a band, a, a duo, a group of guys on YouTube, I don't know, called Lemon Demon called Two Trucks, which is just about two trucks having sex. It's like about masculinity, I think. I don't know. It's very funny. I certainly never would have found it on my own, I don't think. I'm no longer of the age where I discover new music ever. The mix of songs we have in the house right now uh, really makes me happy in that it represents, I think, the personalities of all four of us. And we all are making little concessions to each other's taste the way that once only the kids had to make concessions to my taste. I don't know what the song of our household is. I'll have to think about that. The, The song that we sing the most often is the song you're screwing up which is sung to the tune of uh i'm coming out but we just do whenever anyone screws <laughs> up in any way we just sing you're screwing up to et cetera
0: and we're also at that point now where the household soundtrack reflects Naima. I mean, it, it. I think New Edition was always such a great, like not even a compromise. It was like, here's something we both genuinely like, you know, and Beyonce was, we don't always have the same favorite Beyonce songs, but it was also like, here's an artist that we both like. And the one, the Beyonce songs that I hate were just banned from the house. I'm sorry. Because I'm like, you have another house where you can go hear Halo? You don't have to hear it in this one. I'm sorry. Not allowed. You're banned.
3: anti-Halo?
0: Oh my Absolutely. God. It's so, uh, I don't like big pop. Ballads, You know, like that should have been a Celine Dion song or something like I just I don't know. Uh, but no, but um, we do have a few other songs that she's picked up along the way or things that I've played for her that she likes. Um, but I would have to say that if we had a, you know, one or two songs that are these songs of the household, Bobby Brown's My Prerogative is a clear number one, because oh, yeah. one, that is the the battle of this house. That everyone will hear, including the cat, believes it is their prerogative and they do what they want to do. Um, And then the next one would be Every Little Step. um, And and also by Bobby Brown in ways, good or bad, because every little step I take, she will be there and vice versa. (laughs) But also every little step that I take, she too will be there. Yeah. Quite literally.
3: I mean, that's definitely the song of the last year for everyone in America, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. That is the song of parenting.
3: Yep. Uh, All right, Slate Plus listeners, weigh in. Um, Send us emails. uh, Make a note on the Facebook page. Tell us what is the soundtrack to your parenting. Also tell us, each one of us individually, who has the best taste. Hint it. It's me.
0: This week, we're talking about hiding from our kids. Now... Obviously, we all love our children. We love to spend time with them, to watch them grow, to see them achieve things. But sometimes we need a break. The problem is how do you explain that you need time away from your children to your children without crushing their little hearts. According to the New York Times parenting section, there are a whole lot of us going Mm -hmm. through this. (laughs) Many parents are feeling the need to hide, especially since the onset of the pandemic and the soul crushing number of hours that many of us have spent in our households. In this great recent piece from the New York Times, the experts have three big takeaways. One, it's time to teach kids about self-care. Two. Alone time should be part of any family's routine. And three, it's okay for your kids to be upset that you want time away from them. And I have to say, I agree with all three of those things. As Somebody who's been navigating my own need to be alone for a long time with a child who actually, Naima called this out maybe when she was five. She said, you love being alone and I hate it. And it really blew my mind, you know, that she already was able to recognize that about both of us and that it put us in odds in a way. I was raised as an only child in my household. And so I'm used to a certain amount of alone time and solitude, even though my mother was typically right by my side. There were just still times where she had to cook a meal or clean or take a shower. I had to occupy myself and I got used to that. And I have always needed and craved and enjoyed having time to myself. And through the virtue of our shared custody arrangement, I am by myself in the house 50% of the time. But even with that, I have to say there are moments where I get overwhelmed by human interaction, you know, any human interaction, including my child. And I just need a break, you know, whether it's a two minute break, a 90 seconds If it's, you know, I I need 10 minutes to decompress between activities. I just sometimes need time by myself. And as a a parent of an older child, I'm curious to hear what you all, how much thought you've given to that. I'll have to say when my daughter was you all's kids ages, I hadn't considered this at all. This is just not something I thought about. I thought about the fear of being overwhelmed and being tired, but I really never thought about navigating the fact that like we can be in the house together and separate and that's okay with me, but she may really have a problem with it. Uh, are you all getting alone time yet? Period. Amber, I know during the main show you talked about once a month, you get a hotel weekend to yourself or a night in a hotels to yourself, but throughout the week, you know, beyond these kind of like big moments of you being alone, are you getting solo time?
8: <laughs> Not in the sense that it was like before kids, our, our nanny comes one hour before I start work and so like that hour is mine <laughs> that hour is mine and like that's something that I've really really struggled through this first year to build and rebuild is like how can I be a great mom and take care of myself how like how do, how do those two things like balance within each with, within each other like how do I how am I going to be able to do that we've had the nanny for like Uh, about a little over a month now and like that this is it i'm like oh my god i'm doing it and it's literally just an hour every morning just an hour that i can do whatever i can sit and scroll my phone if i want i can work out if i want i can meditate and do breath work if i want like but just carving out that hour i mean and before that I would literally be sadly, like, excited to go to the grocery store alone or, like, anything like that where I get to just, like, be by myself for for a second. But, yeah, I think that it's super important to cultivate as parents that sense of self, keeping that sense of self so that you're not just a machine or always. I think someone called it that that I follow on Instagram, one of those parent influencers, decision fatigue. Because you're always making decisions for everyone else or you're always thinking about everything, you know, you're not really able to just be. So I just feel like you, you really have to find ways to cultivate that. And that is part of being a good parent, even if your child has separation anxiety or or doesn't like it um, in that moment. And you can explain those things like this helps mommy be more present. This helps uh mommy be a better mom this helps us when we do are together have really really great times and I'm not kind of dragging so will they understand it completely at that age no but the way that it refreshes you and makes you more present when you are with them is going to be worth so much more than that monetary upset upsetness that they may feel at you being gone
6: that sounds really sweet that sounds like I'm thinking I'm trying to like pick and choose what part of that I want to do because I'm not there yet. I want to be there so bad though. Yeah. <laughs> I um I put my son down for a second today cuz I really needed to use the bathroom. And that's just like where I'm trying to like borrow time. It's like I need to I'm like holding it in. I, I got to put my kid down. And the second he his ass hits the ground, he starts wailing, crying. And I'm just in this phase right now where I'm like, what do I do? Do I wake his mom up who's very badly taking like a nap that she needs to take because she's also on her last legs? Or like, do I take him into the bathroom with me? Like, I'm almost like doing that. It's, it's really, it's impossible uh, in my view. But, so what I'm, like, I'm trying to think of right now is like, okay, well, do we need a nanny? I'm I'm almost like I was looking at like this is a blessing where I can be at home and I could work from home and have my baby all the time. I could do both. And now I'm thinking, holy crap, I think I need to hire somebody to like come and come help me out.
8: Yo, it changed the game. And like the first one would come only twice a week for four hours at a time twice a week. And that was it. And that and that provided just that exactly yeah. what you're saying, just like a beat. Like just give me like 4 hours <laughs> twice a week. Like not even every day, but just like just like that beat, especially at that age. And I also want you to know like if you need to go to the bathroom or take a shower, it's okay <laughs> if they cry. Oh. Uh, it's okay if they cry. It hurts
6: my soul okay. when they cry.
8: I know.
0: I know you, you have to find something that distracts him, a toy, a bottle, mm-hmm. you know, something. And <laughs> cocoa memory. yeah, you know, that is what technology is for and allow him to cry. And that's OK. You know, I mean, as you're not talking about for the length of a Netflix movie, we're talking about for the length of you right. taking a shower. You know, and once you figure out what it is that does keep his attention that he can, you know, play with for a few minutes and feel OK, you'll be golden. But I, I don't anticipate that he will, you know, like you can turn you can bring his little chair in the shower, in the bathroom with you, you know, keep the yeah. curtain halfway open so he can see you sing to him, talk to
6: him.
8: He'll get over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll he'll really be okay. He'll he'll never remember
6: no.
8: <laughs> that you that you let him cry that's while you promise. took a shower or went to the bathroom. Promise, promise, and promise that it it really yeah. will get better. You guys are really it sweet. It really will get better. That that newborn age, that infant age, is so tough. It's so. I did, tough. I did find
6: out like what toy he cannot look away from. What he loves.
8: Oh, well, what is it?
6: A, a freaking Doritos bag.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. He
6: loves just like grabbing it and crunching it and like yeah oh, it's so funny it's, it's amazing
8: mm-hmm. yeah it that was, was
6: actually so a so tip bad. another parent told me that I, I think i saw it on youtube actually somebody was like look at this baby hack i watch baby hack videos that's that's the kind of dad i am but
0: yes, uh, as you should
8: it, yes it's it's should.
6: really uh for for me i see my role especially as the dad as to like support the wife as much as she as much as much support i can give her that's that's all i'm trying to do so when she's like taking her nap or when she's like pumping in a different room, I'm, I'm trying to I'll do everything I can to make sure this baby is quiet and happy and chilling. Because if he starts to cry, I know, I know, in the other room she's gonna, she's probably thinking, what the hell is my, what's what the hell's my husband doing to this baby, or why won't he give me like a second to like rest? It's it's all kind of like, it it's all, I, it doesn't even matter what she's thinking or not. It's just what I'm doing to myself because I'm, on, I feel like I'm under so much pressure, so that's that's where really where i need to find out how i can like give him enough independence even at this age so that i can have a little bit of room to breathe even when i'm in those moments where i'm trying to to take care of him and keep him quiet and keep him entertained i need time i need i need space so it's hard
8: another thing that i used to do amen is go for walks Put that baby oh, in a yeah, stroller. Yeah. Yes. They yeah, knock yeah. out they knock out so quick. Then I get to the park bench and I get to just like sit for a minute and be like, You <laughs> cooling over there? Like walks where
6: yeah. uh, like
8: my baby like outside really helped a lot. Anytime yep. we could be outside. So like yeah. especially before, you know, winter hits, stroller walks. Like, I would go, like, three times a day.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I did that yesterday. It worked like a charm. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mm going to start doing
0: that. It definitely walks, you know, and you can do the stroller. You can also put them on your chest. Um, A a big part of, I think, what we have to do as parents is ritualizing that self-care from such an early age. You know, so it shouldn't be a surprise to your child that like at five, like if Musa only saw his parents go on a date for the first time when he was five, it would probably fuck him up. You know what I mean? If It's like <laughs> they don't go places without me. We do everything together. And it's like, OK, yeah. well, now we've decided to prioritize having time for the two of us. or now I've decided to have prime, you know, now I want to have time to myself. It's like, no, your kid has to always see you leaving. That is important, you know, that they realize that you are a person that exists independently of them, that you have work, that you have other people that you care about, that you have yourself. And it's not a betrayal of your love for them, you know, and your, your, your all-consuming love for them for them to see that. But I think the sooner you see it, and I know it just kind of worked out for, us. I mean, worked out in that, you know, because names that and I are not together and we've not been together her entire life that we've always had, you know, there was always time in which I wasn't going to be around, you know, essentially from when she was a very young age. So I know that most kids are not introduced to that, but I think about my own mother, who was always around and how rare it was that she was going downtown and doing something by herself and how upset I would become at the idea of it. And it's because I thought she belonged to me exclusively, you know, and that she didn't have a right to a life independent of me. And I think it's really important that we let our kids know otherwise so that they're not, you know, rattled when that becomes obvious. Yeah. Yes.
1: Thank you for listening for the past year. It's your listener questions and contributions to our mom and dad are fighting community that have made this year so special. If you have a question you'd like to ask us on air, email us at momanddadatslate.com and join us on Facebook. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. See you in 2022.
8: Our family has grown.